There are times when being in business means taking one hit after another. These past few weeks have been that way. And sometimes that means the bank accounts run dry, the customers are dissatisfied, the floodwaters rise, and stuff just keeps breaking. That's when I turn to the ghosts and poetry. I'm Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to Episode 17 of the Hearth of Setbush Hollow, Better Business with Sufi Mystics and the Paranormal. Welcome to the Hearth of Zepbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Zepbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. I'm the chef-owner of Zepbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience, open Saturdays 9 to 2 in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and my newest title, Redefining Rich, which is due out from Ben Bella Books in August. And there's still time to get a discount to the online farm store and help me promote it. So stay tuned to the end of this episode where I'll tell you how. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. Fate has forgotten how to count. That's the only thing I can think of, because bad things are supposed to happen in threes, and each time I get to the end of another round of threes, a new round of threes begins. It started with last week's dramas, the water system failing, shocking the well and turning our water turgid, having to cancel the B&B guests and close the cafe. The next week started with me waiting for the water technicians to show up while fielding calls from the girls at the farm. The sheep had gotten out, and one ewe had badly torn her side open on some wire fencing. Then came the $500 vet bill. And then the water tech finished up, and our water was no longer brown, it was pink. We worked through all that just in time to welcome our next B&B guests. They'd been on vacation in the area, and we were to be their last stop. Word about them traveled through the hosting vine. High maintenance. They wanted early check-in. Then, after Eileen got the space ready for them, they showed up late. Then, 
the mother started complaining about the apartment. Despite our five-star cleaning reviews, the space was not to her specifications, and she wanted her cleaning fees back. They were uncommonly noisy, blasting music and yelling. We've written in our welcome packet the need for quiet. They disregarded it. The ghosts don't go upstairs. But as those of you who follow my work regularly are aware, they hate yelling and screaming. And they just don't like some folks. And when that happens, they mess with the electricity. And so on the Saturday, when we were able to reopen the cafe after our water debacle, we discovered that our music wouldn't play. And our point-of-sale system wasn't accepting credit cards, nor was it feeding the orders back to the kitchen. We updated devices, deleted apps, and reinstalled them. We then realized that, while the routers were working, the internet had gone out. The phone went out. Customers began complaining. So did the B&B guests. Bob jiggled every wire, unplugged everything, and plugged it all back in again, hit every reset button. And the kids scrambled to find the order pads, but then kept forgetting to deliver the orders manually to the kitchen. I hustled to keep up in the kitchen, but had to run back and forth to customers' tables to confirm what they wanted. Just save the orders if people don't have cash or checks to pay, I directed Ula and her friend, who was helping for the day. We kept moving. And at the end of the day, I discovered that they had indeed saved the orders. They'd saved all orders as unpaid, even the ones who had paid cash, and none of the orders had any names or emails attached to them. Because, Ula informed me, I hadn't specified that. Folks walked away with 60 and $80 tickets, and we had no information to bill them. We identified some guests we knew by what they'd ordered, and I drove home to email invoices, only to be informed that they had paid cash. And three more times, the Airbnb guests returned to complain about the lack of internet. Had we fixed it yet? I haven't been able to call it in. Well, shouldn't you call it in? The phone is out. Call on your cell phone, then? There's no cell service here. They'd stand and gape at me. Repeatedly, I had to throw my arms in the air. Can't help you! Then try to move on with keeping up. Carolyn, one of our regulars, drove her car to the top of a hill so she could get reception and reported it. At 5 p.m., a tech rolled in. Bob led him down to the basement where they discovered the problem. A breaker had been flipped. He and Bob studied the current loads. This breaker has never tripped before. They got all technical and scientific. I took out the charcoal and the incense. I grabbed a leftover croissant, and when the men cleared out of the basement with their instruments and their analysis, I went down to visit my ghosts. I left them a croissant offering. I burned incense for them. I'm not thrilled with the B&B guests either, I spoke out loud, but they helped me keep the building up, which keeps me here and keeps you here, and I think we both like it that way. I know good business is supposed to be about dollars and cents, managerial skills and technical skills. But there's this other side to business. The magic, the energetic gift of oneself to the community, the deference to those who've called this place home before me. I ask for their help. 
I sprinkle salt in the cafe and consider sprinkling salt around the entire building, but to be honest, I'm worried that if I do, somehow those Airbnb guests might never leave. So I move it to my to-do list for next week, then I go out to the new honor store and walk around it with my salt there, circling that space as well. These rituals center me. They pull me above the finances and the stresses and remind me of the heart and soul that drives everything I do. This isn't just labor. These aren't just mundane stresses. This is sacred work, this business that calls friends and neighbors and strangers to the same gathering space each week where we keep tabs on each other, seek nourishment and return energy to the forests and the fields. These spaces are worthy of my love and my spirit, no matter how tough things get. I walk around the side of the honor store to the new back patio that overlooks the creek. I trail the salt along the edge of the stonework and back to the other side of the building. I ask for the ghosts and all available guardian spirits for protection. Then I go home for the night. And the rains come. And it rains and rains and rains and rains. The basement floods. The roof leaks. The roads are shut down. On Monday, we stop at the cafe to check for damages. And that's when we find that the creek has risen. It is turgid and angry, and it has swiped away swaths of ground and stream bank, turning our brand new creekside patio into a cliffside patio, licking closer and closer with each droplet that passes. Held at bay, I truly believe, by a single line of salt in the efforts of a few ghosts. The repairs will be thousands of dollars. There are no government funds available because, I'm told, a state of emergency wasn't declared. I set up meetings with the Soil and Water Conservation District Manager to begin filing applications with DEC to do emergency repairs on the stream. I begin scanning the various bank accounts to scare up the cash. And Bob comes home to report that the car isn't working right. It needs to go in for work. With that... I push aside the bank statements and bundle all the checkbooks up in a rubber band. I grab some water, my journal, and a book of Rumi's poetry and head into the woods. I sit beside one of my favorite rocks with the dogs and read these lines. Who looks out with my eyes? What is the soul? I cannot stop asking. If I could taste one sip of an answer, I could break out of this prison for drunks. I didn't come here of my own accord, and I can't leave that way. Whoever brought me here will have to take me home. These words make me ask the same of myself. Who is the soul that is having this experience in this body, in this life? And if the soul has come to live this life, isn't this then merely an experience for it? Something to witness during my journey through this here and now? And I close my eyes and ignore the mosquitoes and listen to the thrushes and think about Longfellow's observation. Into each life some rain must fall. It is falling for me now. And if this is the experience I'm given, then the trick 
isn't to dodge the raindrops, but to see how graciously I can let the water rush over me. From this, I will learn. I will grow, and that will lead me to the next set of adventures. Fate has not forgotten how to count. She just wants to make sure that the adventure of being me, of looking out through my eyes, is an exciting one. Folks, don't forget that my newest book, Redefining Rich, Achieving True Wealth with Small Business, Side Hustles, and Smart Living, will be released on August 10th. Bob has directed me to warn you to be prepared for mobbing in the bookstores, for lines around the corner, and for traffic jams. Make sure you have extra supplies of water and toilet paper. If you don't think that'll be a problem, well, then... How about helping me get the word out and getting a discount at the online farm store at the same time? We still need launch team volunteers who can help promote it. If you're interested in joining, details are at the top of the blog page at sapbush.com. But basically, we are asking you to pre-order a copy of the book, fill out our launch team form, which is found at the top of the sapbush.com blog, promote the book through your social media channels, request the book at your local bookstore and library, and leave a review wherever the book was purchased. And as an expression of my thanks, here's what you'll receive in return. A 15% discount code for anything in the online store at sapbushfarmstore.com, good through July 31st. A free digital chapter from the book in advance of the release date. Entry into a giveaway for a signed copy of the book and a throw blanket from my store. Official graphics for sharing on social media and, my favorite, an invite to an exclusive virtual book club meeting so I can personally answer any questions you may have once you've received your copy. So please sign up, go to sapbush.com, click on the blog, and the details are at the top. Sapbush Cafe is open Saturdays 9 to 2 with indoor and outdoor dining, but uh, Creekside Dining is temporarily unavailable. If you want to come stay for a few nights, be sure to check out our vacation rental and tenter sites at sapbush.com. Please, if you come, don't yell and scream or the ghosts might take away your internet. You can also go to sapbush.com to learn more about grass-fed meats, weekly cafe specials, wool yarn and bedding, and how to save on your grocery bills with our CSA meat shares, or just to reach out to me with a question you'd like me to answer on air. If you enjoyed this, please take a few minutes to leave a review. This helps other folks find my work. And if you could share this podcast with friends and family, so much the better to help get the ideas to spread. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon. This week, I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons, Melissa Johnson and Maureen Knapp. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to help support my work, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. In case you were wondering, this podcast was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from Emery. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Or at least a better week than I'm having. <laughs>